Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliffe, pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. Glad that you're here with us. And I hope maybe last week that you joined us with uh, Pastor David coming and bringing the message. Uh, those here have expressed their appreciation also that they really enjoyed that. I pray that God would speak to you today and that his spirit would move in your life. I believe that God is up to great and wonderful things. Why? It's because that's who he is. And so we can praise him no matter how we feel. And that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit. But before we begin, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. We can come together, share our lives corporately with these that are here, but those who are obviously uh, watching through Zoom and through other means. We ask you, Father, today to speak and let us get out of the way. Let your word and your truth go forth. Touch our hearts and change us, dear Lord. We need you. We ask you, Father, today to bring an awakening across this land. We ask you, Father, to awaken hearts all over the United States and around the world to your goodness and to your holiness and who you are. Lord, during this time, we ask you that we can partner with the Holy Spirit to share the grace and love of Jesus with other people who are now, right now, presently in darkness. And we ask you today to just come and, and use us for your glory and your honor. But Lord, awaken our hearts as you speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at Philippians 4, verse 4. Kathy read it earlier. Uh, rejoice in the Lord. Real, real, um, real straightforward. I'm going to talk about it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. Can we all say it together? Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again. Rejoice. Amen. You know, when I put this together, I don't think I actually felt like rejoicing. You know, I put it together and uh, some thoughts about this. And, and sometimes I don't feel like it. And you know what? Sometimes I can't put my finger on the reason why I don't quite feel up to it and so forth. I can't really do that. But you know how you feel sometimes you get up and, and you go, you're just not up to what you felt like that you were maybe even the day before. And you can't put your, what is it? Did I, <laughs> was, was the pepperoni and the pizza too much or, you know, some of these types of things. But we just can't identify it. But today I want to talk to you how, obviously, the importance of gratitude. I was reading articles. Again, I get a lot of things through my emails about uh, scripture and teachings and so forth. And I was reading about gratitude. And one of the things about gratitude, it will change the environment. It will change your attitude. If you'll just obviously begin to thank the Lord for all the things, if you'll count your many blessings, name them one by one, you can go back. And what happens? That depression begins to just leave and, 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 and the, uh, the, that heaviness and the things that we carry around that God did not intend for us to carry around begin to uh, just leave. They just change. Things change when you begin to thank God. And again, many times I don't feel like it again. And why is that? It's because my focus is upon myself. Because I've got too much. I'm looking at myself and I'm looking at my feelings and I'm considering those things above who God is. But if we'll thank him and praise him for who he is. And I mean, it is a sacrifice of praise at times, right? But if you give the sacrifice of praise, God will change your heart because actually change begins with thanksgiving. When you came to Christ, you thanked him and you praised him because he saved you out of sin, out of the depravity that you were in, out of that, uh, I mean, just downright 
junk in your life. And yet we know so often as we walk with Christ, we sort of get away from that. And we get away. And, and our passion for Jesus is not what it used to be. And, and that desire to hunger and thirst after righteousness is not there. And the hunger for His Word is not there. And for His presence, His manifest presence in our lives is not there like it was, okay? And it's because, obviously, the world pulls at us. We've got a battle going on. The enemy will try to distract us and get us busy with things of not quite that important things, certainly. You know, they're all temporary, right? Except for our relationship with Jesus Christ. I've always said here at the many funerals I've done as a hospice chaplain and all, I always stand there beside the casket if it was a burial and all. And some people would put notes in there to their loved ones, lay it in there and animals and different things that were were close to them and and that connection with their loved one and so forth. Nothing wrong with that at all. But let me tell you, uh, that person's gone. That person, that's an empty shell that's there. And that person is either with the Lord or they're not. And so I can rejoice in the fact that obviously I know my relationship with Jesus Christ is what's most important and it will last right eternity. And all this life here on this earth is about is preparation for our walk with Jesus when we see Him face to face. That's all it's about. It's walking with Him day in and day out. And so I don't always feel like it. I'm a feely type person, emotionally, body, soul, and spirit. And yes, we have a will and emotions and so forth, part of that soul, but... We know we don't always do it, but you do it anyway. The Bible says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Aren't you glad that his mercy? Mercy is not getting what we deserve and it lasts forever and ever and ever. And so today, if you've come in and you've got guilt and you've got shame and so forth, not of the Lord. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That is not. God does not. He never made us to carry that guilt and shame. What do you do with it? You come to the Lord. If something is not right between you and Jesus, then you confess it. Confessing it actually means agreeing with God. And you bring it before the Lord and you leave it there at his feet. You don't carry it with you. Don't take it. If there's something you're dealing with today, what's something? Maybe a disappointment because, see, during this time of the year, it is a, a difficult time. We know that. All these memories and family relationships that maybe not maybe not be what they we, we would like for them to be and so forth. We've lost loved ones and so forth. Today it's actually to run to Jesus, just crawl up in his lap and gaze upon into his eyes and get that relationship with Jesus back back like you know that he desires, even beyond that, because that's his his whole will for you and for me. You see, feelings will catch up. If you begin with that sacrifice of praise, you begin by sacrificing feelings will catch up later. John chapter 15, we know the story. Jesus says in verse 11, he says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Wow, I want that, don't you? He's saying here today, how does that happen? And he says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, then my joy in you will be full. I love joy, okay? Because joy can stand the test of time and through circumstances. Happiness comes and goes, doesn't it, according to the circumstances. But joy down deep in your heart can remain because why? We're abiding in Him. And what does that mean? That means staying connected to Him. That means staying close to Him. That means obviously taking and putting your relationship with Him as priority. 
Everything else is way, way down on the list today. But if you've got the priority in your relationship with him, then you've got things in the right priority. But that what happens is we get away from that. And obviously the world slips in because worldly joy is about getting what we want. Right. Worldly joy is about getting what I want. And that can be many different things. I love things, certainly. But that joy, worldly, can only be there if I'm getting more of it. And we realize that it doesn't satisfy because it's empty. It doesn't actually fulfill uh, the, the deceptive purposes that are there. The only one that can really satisfy that is Jesus Christ. But see, he's there just asking him and asking him to come and fill you. You know, the worldly joy is about excitement, about things and experiences. But the joy of Christ gives flows out of our relationship with him. Our joy is found in our relationship with him and him alone. And you see that eternal relationship with God doesn't change. The only thing we can do is to kind of sort of like, again, disconnect from him in that case. He's still with us. But in that intimate relationship, we can be disconnected and that joy begins to dissipate. It begins to diminish and go away. Remember the story in the prophet, uh, the minor prophet Habakkuk. Remember what happened there? He was uh, watching and he realized that uh, Israel had sinned, obviously. And God said he was going to do something in that country that he never expected that he would do. And he was going to send the Babylonians in to take Israel, the Hebrew children, captive and take them into a foreign land and take them into captivity there. And Habakkuk is sort of discussing it with God and saying, yeah, but Lord, they're worse than we are. Okay. Aren't they? And, and, and it's sometimes what we say, they're a lot worse than we are. The guy down the street, he's a lot worse than I do. He doesn't go to church like I do. Or he doesn't do this like I do. He doesn't tithe or whatever else. And see, we look at it the same way. And Habakkuk was saying, Lord, they're a lot more evil than we are. And when you're going to do this, and in Habakkuk chapter 1, obviously, and actually chapter 3, he says this. He comes to the conclusion because he realizes who God is. And he realized that God is obviously uh, omniscient. He knows all things. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And obviously, he is uh, with us always. I'm not present. He's here now with us. He realizes who God is. And he says this in Habakkuk chapter 3. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I'll rejoice in the Lord, and I will rejoice in the Lord of my salvation. Nothing will steal my joy. He said, if nothing else happens the way I think it should happen, Habakkuk made up his mind, made up his heart, it could be said, and I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. And I'm going to rejoice in the Lord of my salvation. Can you say that today? Can you say if nothing else happens in your life that actually looks good to us? Actually, it goes the opposite way because things obviously seem to be going in an opposite way. There seems to be more darkness. There, there are riots. There, there seems to be things happening in the political realm where justice is not being served like what we think it would be. People are not doing what's right and so forth. And we're going, Lord, what is going on in our world today? See, things are happening in our world exactly the way the Word of God prophesies that it's going to happen today. Nothing comes as a surprise to God. 
And he will be the obviously the, the end judge there with people. He will obviously pour out his justice. You see, justice will be served uh, because of what we see happening today. You see, we don't receive that justice of God because if you're sitting here today or you're watching this and you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you see, Jesus took God's wrath upon himself. I don't have to take God's wrath on myself. Isn't that good news today? Now, that's cause to rejoice. Amen? That's cause to rejoice in the Lord always and again rejoice, okay? Because I'm not receiving God's wrath today. But those that are not saved, not born again, again, are on their way to destruction. My destination is in heaven. And if you're born again, then your destination is in heaven. But those who are not saved, who are not trusting Jesus, is their destination is destruction. And so we have to obviously rejoice in him and back it understood it. No, none of this stuff happens. I don't understand it. Do y'all understand anything about what's happening in the world today? Do you understand what we see happening today? I don't. Not as old as I do. Yeah, I have wisdom because I'm, I'm older and God has given me wisdom. It's divine wisdom. Yes, but when I try to figure things out, nothing really adds up. Two plus two doesn't equal four to me anymore as far as the world and what's happening today. But yet God is saying today, you trust me. You put your faith in me. He said, no matter what you see happening, have faith and trust in me and rejoice in the Lord. Why? It's because he commands it. Rejoice in the Lord. And so I want to give you five reasons to rejoice in the Lord. I pray one of these, at least one of these will speak to you. I pray all of them will, will speak to you like they have me. But I want to tell you, there's one here as I begin that I believe will speak to everyone in this place if you're saved today. Luke chapter 10, actually, um, Jesus sent 70 of his followers out into ministry. And what was happening? They did miracles. There were demons cast out. They laid hands on the sick. People got well. They saw the power of God demonstrated in people's lives. People came to Jesus, I mean, by the multitudes again. And again, uh, this one reason here, and that is obviously here, um, because your names are written in heaven. Remember, they came back to Jesus and they said, man, we saw your power demonstrated in people's lives. Don't you love it when miracles come about? Don't you just love it when you see God doing great and mighty things? I mean, sometimes instantaneously, sometimes it's through prayer, persevering in prayer. But you see God doing these things. Isn't that great? I mean, we hear testimonies here. Maybe you all watching there by uh, uh, YouTube or through the website and so forth. Maybe you've seen God do different things in your life. Are you waiting on God to do something? You know God is the answer to your issues and so forth and all. Man, that's great. But Jesus said something I think is so significant when he says in verses 19 through 20 of Luke chapter 10, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. He means uh, nothing's going to hurt you. You can go through, do what I tell you to do. I will protect you. And over all the power of the enemy, we have it, we're in a war. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that your uh, spirits are subject to you. You're casting out demons. But listen, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. <laughs> Jesus nailed it, didn't he? He said, don't rejoice in these outward things. Don't rejoice because obviously God answered that, although thank him and praise him, and it came from him. But rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now that I can rejoice in. Amen? 
I'm telling you, that's something that doesn't change. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Is yours? Have you been saved today? Have you given your heart to Jesus Christ? Have you really fully just completely surrendered and said, Lord, I am no longer my own. I've been bought with the price, the precious blood of the Lamb, and I surrender my all to you. Come in and be my Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about just some type of religion. I'm talking about a relationship with Almighty God that God wanted from eternity past, was on His mind when He sent, in the fullness of time, He sent forth His Son to be born of a virgin. To redeem his people from their sins. Redeem means bought out of slavery. That's that word that's being given. You and I are slaves of sin until we were saved, until we were bought because of the blood of the Lamb. You see, Jesus paid the penalty. And I can rejoice forever and ever and ever. That's what God tells those disciples. He said, don't rejoice. I, I, yeah, you saw great things. And I love that too. And I love that. But let me tell you, I got everything to be rejoiced for right here before you today. Standing right here because he saved me. He didn't have to. You see, I was lost in my sins. He did not have to save Jim Barcliff. He did not have to do it. He came. It wasn't anything in me that was any way enticed him to do that. You see, it was all the love of God, which we sang about earlier. It was all about him. The whole thing is about him. That's why when we stand before him, it won't be something. But I'll say, but, 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 Lord, but, 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 but nothing. It's all Jesus. And you'll point to him and say, here he is, Lord. This is the one that I trusted in. I put my faith in him. And it was by amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. And I want to tell you today, that's. Can, that's room and that is, that's meaning for rejoicing today. Down deep, happiness comes and goes. New car smell sometimes fades, doesn't it? It does. But the joy of the Lord, I want to tell you, can be your strength when you really do it. But it takes a sacrifice. You see, I don't know, obviously, before you were a Christian, you know, there was no reason for rejoicing. Because again, you were going on a, down a dead end street. <laughs> on one of the roller coaster rides it was called Everest and I obviously it was the pigment the pigment of uh, Mount Everest and it was high because the roller coaster goes up all the way up and you can see it way in the distance I mean it is way up there you look over the side and I, I don't want to look I couldn't look it was too far high up and you came down <clears throat> and and it took an 80 foot drop when it comes down and goes around and goes in a mountain and all that and it goes to the very top and then it stops because at the end of where the, the railroad stops, the end of the track stops. And, you know, you've seen old pictures in a mine where it uh, is boarded off, where you don't go any further. You know how it is? It's like scraps of wood that are boarded off up there saying, don't go any further. Well, I'm sitting there in that thing and it ran up and the brakes came on. Thank God, because we would have went off the top of that mountain and that would have been the end of it. I wouldn't have been here. David Burns would have got to preach a long time for me. OK, and the Yeti was up here. And they were doing that, you know, Yeti was up here and, you know, kind of toying us and so forth. But you see, what we faced was a dead end track. Was a dead end track. And the same reason for a life without Christ. It's a dead end road. It doesn't lead to life. Jesus leads to life. He is our life. And people today are coming and they're reaching on their roller coaster of life. And they're coming to that place at the top of that mountain. And they're coming to the dead end. They're coming to the dead end. 
and there's no more track in their life. There's no more, no more vigor in their steps and so forth because they're weighted down by their sin and shame and, and all the guilt and the things that are there that Jesus came to take away from us. You say, I can rejoice in that. Okay? I can rejoice that Jesus Christ is my Savior. God's intervention was divine. It was by His grace. Not anything I could do for it. And I'm so grateful today because if God had not convicted me of my sin, I would be lost in my sin. I would have been lost and so would you. But He chose to save me and you. I can rejoice in that, you see, very much. You see, if you have wealthy parents, yeah, my dad and mom left. It's just a little bit of an inheritance. Daddy was a hard worker, but he we you know didn't make a whole lot. But he left me and my brother just a tiny little bit, and and I'll you know just thank him for it. And it blessed my life, obviously. But if what if my parents had left me ten million dollars? What about that? What if God, if your parents had left you, or maybe a family member left you ten million dollars and so forth? I've always talked about, you know, I like Ferraris and so forth. I mean. I may have to go out and get me a Ferrari. But I didn't get that. But even if they had left me $10 million, it wouldn't be in any way comparable to the riches of Jesus Christ that I have. Okay? You're talking about I could have all the money in the world and not have salvation and not have that opportunity to rejoice, you see. Because, see, that money comes and goes, and I can't take it with me. And I may just spend it all on the wrong thing. But you see, I can't deplete the love of Jesus Christ in my life. He keeps filling me over and over and over again. And endless, those streams of living water flow through me that the scriptures talk about. And they're continuously, they just flow and flow and flow because of his goodness towards me. I can rejoice in that. The second reason here is because God is providing for all of your daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgives us of our trespasses. He forgives us who trespass against those who trespass against us. Give us this day our daily bread. Can all of us say amen? God, Jesus, that you supplied my daily needs today. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you say, Lord, thank you? Amen. You can say thank you. Amen. You don't have to be silent. You can say, thank you, Lord. It doesn't bother me or disrupt me at all in this place today. Because you see, God has supplied my needs and way, way beyond. I rode on the highway getting here today, filled my tank up with gas over here. I thank him for the gas. I thank him today for the ability to be able to stand before you today, to be able to have a relationship with each one of you, fellowship with each one of you, because it's a blessing to know you. You're not a hindrance in my life. And, and it, it, I can thank him for that. But give us this day our daily bread. And you say, but I don't know. If I'm quite there yet, well, thank him for the next breath that you take. Because if he didn't want you here, you'd be gone. Just like what Thelma was saying. said he's not finished with us yet. And so he gives us everything. He gives us the next breath that we have, folks. And that's good. He protects us probably in ways that we never, ever imagined. And we didn't see. Sometimes he shows us. A lot of times we are protected. And we didn't even realize it. We're provided for. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. And he gives us that air that we can breathe, you see. In Psalm 103, look at what he says. Who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your, your sins, your disease, all your diseases. God says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. 
confess your sins. Something's come up on your heart here. It's a good place corporately just to go before the Lord and, and you can and just confess to him. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for my neglect of you. Forgive me, Lord, of of my weak pursuit of you that I have not sought you the way that I would desire to what you desire. Lord, forgive me for not knowing you the way that you would have me to know you, that I have been neglectful of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Forgive me, Lord. You can go before him and confess, you see, who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases. Now, sometimes you say, well, I wasn't healed. And maybe you see people that were not healed. Well, they may have gotten the ultimate healing if they were a Christian. That ultimate healing is going to be with the Lord. And they're there, obviously, I guarantee you one thing, they're rejoicing right now as we speak. They're praising God. And just take a look at the book of Revelation, if you don't believe me, and look at the praises that are going on around the throne of grace. Hallelujah. 10,000 times 10,000 people worshiping the Lord. Okay. You know, we can rejoice, can't we? We can rejoice because he takes care of our needs and beyond. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and, and, and tender mercies. And who satisfies your mouth with good things. God takes care of us every, each and every day. You remember the uh, story. Um, as the Israelites were leaving Egypt. Remember? They were leaving. Uh, they had left. Uh, and it said the pick. They had left the... Uh, uh, the the garlic and the leeks and those other things in, in Egypt, they sometimes felt like they wanted to go back there because their journey they felt like was tough and yet God had a plan. But remember, he rained down manna every day. Remember that? Give us this day, this day, our daily bread. That's why it's important to have a relationship with him and go before him every day and say, Lord, please supply my needs today. But he rained down manna every day. Now, many don't, we don't know completely what it is, but some would say that it's like angel food. I mean, it could be angel food cake for all I know, okay? I like angel food cake. I do like strawberries on it, fresh strawberries, though, don't y'all? Or blueberries or whatever it may be. But whatever it was, it was good because God made it. And so he fed them, right? And remember the crowd when Jesus was sharing the word of God with them? There were 5,000 on the hillside, remember? And they were hungry. And the disciples came to him and said, Lord, uh, the people were there hungry. It was getting on. It's time to eat here, okay? And Jesus said, remember, go feed them. You go feed them, remember? And they took the fishes and the loaves, the 5,000. Probably there are a lot more than 5,000. And they started passing the fish out and passing the loaves of bread out. And they broke it and it began to multiply. And all of them got fed. The whole 5,000 plus got fed. And remember, what was it? 12 baskets that came back full again. They had an abundance. Hallelujah. This is the same God today, folks. Can't you testify and rejoice because he's given us far abundantly more than all we think or ask. Amen. 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 He's done that every day. But see, we fail to, to rejoice. And so what do we do? We get bogged down in the way the world thinks and thinking that, oh gosh, somebody else has got something more than I do. And God is saying today, we got so much here in this United States of America too. Some of the obviously poorest people in this country are much richer than people throughout the world today. They don't have anything. And that's why we give it away because God is saying, you cannot continue. You can't outgive God. Hallelujah. You cannot. You start giving like that and having a giving heart. And that's something that doesn't come natural for me. Some people are just givers, okay? But I had to work at it. But it doesn't mean that we don't do it. 
We do it because God is saying today, I want to bless you, but you hang on to it, you know. You hold on to your bank account. You hold on to these things tightly today. You need to give it away. You want to experience what, who God is, actually. But I, obviously, the people coming out of it, the uh, Egypt, they were murmuring and complaining. What happens when you're facing a problem that you don't, can't see the actual solution of it? What do you do? Do you thank him and praise him for it? Or do you start complaining and murmuring and, and really getting, I mean, depressed and so forth because it doesn't look like you're going to be able to make it out of this place and so forth? Or do you begin to praise him and thank him today? And you say, but isn't that insincere if you do that? No, it's not. It's actually biblical to thank him. Give that sacrifice of praise. I thank him because I don't feel like it many times, but I do it anyway. Because why? It's not about me. It's about him. Changes the environment. Changes the atmosphere. But they murmured, they complained. And then it goes on to say in Psalm 106, verse 13, 15, he sent leanness into their soul. Because they complained. What was that? They lost the joy of the Lord. They lost that intimacy with Jesus. Because they complained. They lost the favor of God. They complained. I mean it's a lot easier it seems like to me to complain. And gripe. Than it is to give thanks sometimes. But it, it, it shouldn't be is it? But see we're neg sometimes just negative people. Everything's going away. away. You have many of you just said, hey, every, nobody, nothing's going my way. And it looks like Joe Blow down the street. Everything's going his way. And yet God is saying, I've got everything going your way. You don't realize it. Thank me for it. And let me change things around in my way and in my time. But it doesn't always seem to be like that, does it? I'm just telling you today. What I believe with all my heart works. Because why? It's God's word. I'm not telling you that I do it all correctly. And that somehow I've got it all together. I'm not saying that today. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm obviously challenged with things just like everybody else. But this I know what works. And that is trusting God and thanking him no matter what you see happening. The Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5. Blessed are those that are persecuted. For righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You will thank him and rejoice because you're privileged to be identified with his persecution. We've been ha we've had it nice here in this country. We're not persecuted. Christians are not persecuted like in other countries. Christians are killed in other countries. They're martyrs. They're probably, from what I've heard, in from 1900 on, there have been more martyrs in this world than has taken place throughout the whole. Uh, the totality of when creation started. A lot of martyrs have taken place in this around the world. We're, we haven't been persecuted. You will hear people laugh at you. If you say that you trust in Jesus, they may mock you. Or they may say, oh, you've got religion as a crutch. That's what they always say. Or, or you know, and, and something as far as uh, you're just trusting what? Okay. You're trusting who? You put your faith in God? Well, God is that tree over there. You see? And we may be persecuted more before we leave this world. I know one thing. Social media is shutting us down. Is that a way of persecution? Social media is shutting us down. 
You can't speak things. You know, whether or not I agree with you or not, you should be able to verbalize your particular uh, thinking and so forth. Because once they start shutting down one way of thinking, then those who rejoice in that and say, yeah, those Christians, those blabbermouths, those people who think they're holier than thou, which we should never project that image, but those who think they're holier than thou and so forth, they're being shut down. You see, that same social media is coming after you. It's not just for Christians. It's going to shut it down, the freedom of speech, you see. So there is persecution right now. And we need to obviously have a heads up because they know. But why? What do we do? How do we respond? We rejoice. Jesus said if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If you identify with Jesus Christ in this place today, you will be persecuted and I will too. People will not like what I say. But I stand before you today because I'm accountable to God Almighty. And what I say from this pulpit better be biblical. But the other thing is, I better not compromise it. Because one day I will stand before God Almighty and I will give an account. And I have, I'm held to a higher accountability than you because I'm, I'm a minister, a teacher of the Word. But so are you, all of us. And we compromise the Word of God. And what's happened to the church in America here, certainly here in America, we've dumbed it down because what have we done? We depended upon Mar Madison Avenue techniques to bring people in. We've depended upon the ways of the world and so forth. And if God directed them to do that, there's nothing wrong with it. But we need to teach the purity of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ without compromise. And we can rejoice that obviously when that happens, that persecution is going to take place. There are going to be people who don't like what you say and what you stand for today. Be ready and be prepared because that's going to come. Trust me. It's not about another administration. It's not about another Congress. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about Jesus Christ. And maybe God will send an awakening into this land today to awaken the hearts of people up to the holiness and the righteousness of God and that God would move upon my heart and upon your heart to bring about a cleansing that only He can do because I can't make it right. I've given up. I've given it to God Almighty. Have you? Let's see. But what happens is we become lean in our souls. We become lean, you know. Moses, in Hebrews 11, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He didn't want all that wealth. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. How do you get through life? You look to eternity. This is not our home. Even when it's good stuff going on, even when you're taken care of, it is not at all our home. Rejoice also because you're suffering, not in vain. If you suffered, rejoice in it. Wow. It's not a doctrine of suffering, but certainly you can suffer as a Christian. Okay. Not all Christians, obviously, we're all out here just floating on a cloud with our halos and obviously our harps and strumming the harps and so forth. We're walking where the rubber hits the road because we suffer. We suffer through this time. We suffer. Um, in Disney World, my son-in-law on his phone evidently has an app that 
Uh, and this is nothing compared to any other suffering, so don't get me wrong, but I, <laughs> I won't use this. And one day, we walked 17,000 steps. That's just unimaginable, isn't it? And in the process of walking 17,000 steps, my sciatica nerve, about right here, began to flare up, okay? And so I was moving, and I was trying to keep up with a much younger crowd than me, and Cindy had her scooter. She would run along that thing, could run a 60 mile an hour through there, okay? She was flying through there. Can you believe that? The pastor's wife was, was actually going that speed in, in a uh, contained park, okay? And I was walking along, and here we go. And I thought, good gracious. Now, that's not suffering like anybody, and I don't belittle it all, and I don't make light of it. But let me tell you, the aches and pains today, a lot more of what they were 20, 30 years ago, right? We'll suffer. But we'll also suffer because of different things that come on. But how do we handle it? How can you really go through it? You've got to rejoice. You've got to rejoice in it. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul talks about the challenges he's facing. Listen to this. Now, we're not, none of us that I know of have faced what Paul went through, but he says we're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Obviously, maybe you can identify. I've been pressed down, I've been crushed, I've been frustrated, and so forth and all. Then he goes on to say, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary afflictions are achieving for us a glory that outweighs, far outweighs them all. Outwardly, we're wasting away. Everybody here can say, amen, Jim, I know that, okay? I mean, you look at my picture when I was 20 years old, okay? I had hair. I had a bunch of hair. I mean, I was trim. I did, you know, I mean, here we go. You know, look at yourself. You can say, yep, outwardly, we're wasting away. But the Bible says inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. I mean, that's happening even when we don't even realize it. But we can agree with God and we can obviously get in on what he's doing in our lives. And we can realize God's doing this and we thank you because we're getting stronger. So the outward is definitely not going to get any better. But the inward is because you and I are seeking the Lord. Amen. We're wanting God. We're wanting all of who he is. And there's more of God than we've experienced. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So obviously, don't focus on the hardships. You'll lose heart. Don't focus on those things. Focus on Jesus. The fifth thing and last thing. Rejoice because Jesus is coming back. <laughs> wow. Hallelujah. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back, okay? He came as a lion of Judah, amen, amen. He came as a babe, but he's coming back, excuse me, as the lion of Judah. He's coming back to take over, obviously, completely, and that justice will be served. He's coming back. If you're a child of God, you've got every reason to rejoice. That's what we're talking about. Because he's coming back again. Jesus is coming back again. You go, well, see, we're ridiculed, aren't we, sometimes? Because we've talked about this for a long time, but yet he hasn't come back. And a lot of people would say, where is this Jesus that you're talking about? It's going to come back. I haven't seen him come back. People down through the years have said that today. But if you hold your ground because the word of God says that that's the truth, but sometimes it takes perseverance and you've got to stand firm. 
because he's going to come back. Because everything that's happening in history is happening exactly the way this word said. Amen. Amen. This is the inerrant, infallible, uh, holy inspired word of God. And it's happening exactly like that. Do not base your thoughts upon what the world teaches you, what the TV teaches you, what society, what our culture teaches us. Base your life upon the word of God. Hallelujah. Okay. Because it's happening and he's going to come back. The question is, are we ready? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you given your life? Do you know him? Do you know him the way that you want to know him? Or maybe even today you're saying, I don't even understand that, but I want to know you, Lord, because, you know, I believe what's happening here is the word of God is, is striking a note in my heart. And I'm saying, Lord, I need you to come and do a new work, a fresh work within me. When you turn your life over here to him, what I see happening today is I'm going, all this stuff could collapse. Oh, they talk about the middle class and lower class because of inflation and so forth and all this other stuff. Gas prices are higher. That's not a secret for anybody. I filled up and I looked at how much I spent to fill my car up versus what I used to fill up today. And I thought I was going to have to grab my throat to catch my breath. OK, but it doesn't make any difference. OK, it doesn't make any difference at all about that. Certainly, we need to watch that but I could freak out I, I, I could lose my mind and I could lose my hope if I put my hope in those things but if I put my hope in Jesus Christ Amen. and that he's got it in his hands you know what he tells us he said I got that one Jim I got your back I got your back church I'll see you through this no matter what you face don't trust in what you hear on the news trust in me and trust, because see, he just may send a great awakening. We're praying for it because he's our only hope. But let me tell you today, he's saying, I got your back. I got you. We live with one eye, eye towards heaven, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Where King Jesus is coming back to rule and to reign throughout eternity. You want joy? Focus on that glorious king. His name is Jesus because he's going to come back. And he's looking at me because I speak it again. I'm held to a higher accountability. But I need to get my life aligned with his word. And I need to ask him to remove anything in my life that's not like him. And I believe he will. I believe he will. You see, Jesus Christ is the answer. Okay. I had fun in Disney World. I let the roller coasters were okay. But it's nothing like knowing the Lord Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Do you believe it? Amen. Amen. He believe I believe it. He's going to see us through church and he's going to work in our hearts. A deep down joy and gratitude that we can't work up in our flesh. It can't work. It doesn't work in my flesh. Never works. Because Jesus had joy, listen to this, when a sinner repented and came, became saved. Don't you love to see when somebody begins to seek the things of God? You know, nothing makes me more pleased and gives me more joy than when I see a person who's studying the Word of God, who's seeking the Lord, wanting to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Nothing makes me even more joyful than when I come in this place 
And I'm able to shake your hand and say, come on in. Let's get our lives under the word of God, under the banner of Christ and to share the word of God with you, each one of you today. Nothing brings more joy to me. Nothing. I see people getting saved. I see people getting delivered. I see people getting healed. Jesus rejoiced when the Father's will is done. And Jesus rejoiced when, um, when thinking about eternity together with him. Believers experience joy when they focus on eternal things. And we thank God for blessings through praise and prayer. And we focus on the future promises. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Isn't God good? Isn't he good? How great is our God. Amen. And sing it. Sing it to him. And you know what I really mean. And sometimes, again, it doesn't mean because I always feel like it. And I got all the feelings, you know. But it means that I recognize that he's God Almighty. He's got my back. He's got my back. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day you've given us, the privilege of sharing your word of uh, the word of God with people. And and Lord, out of my heart is just leaps with with joy. And your presence. I thank you for every person here today and those who are watching, those who will watch this later on. Lord, we ask you to anoint it, use it for your glory. And Father, today, help us see these these just really simple principles of giving thanks. Just like what we began singing. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks. To the Holy One. Thank you Lord. We just stop. And we want to thank you. God you've been so good to us. And Lord the reality is. We're here gathered corporately today. To tell you that very thing. You've been so good to us. You've been so good. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for sending Jesus. He didn't have to save us, but you did. Sovereignly reached out and took me out of that depravity and set my feet, my feet upon a rock. His name is Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's what you did, Lord. And that's who you are. There'd be anyone who doesn't know you today and they feel the tug on their heartstrings about they need to come and give their life to Christ. Today may be the day. And maybe someone here in this congregation has never really made that commitment. And you say, I don't understand it, Jim. I don't understand all of it. Neither do I. Well, you don't do it. Because why would God Almighty, the one, the God of all creation, has been here from eternity past, send His only begotten Son into the world to die for my sins. Let me tell you, it's just a pure heart of love that I can't grasp. But I believe. And that's why we come to Jesus. I believe. I believe. Father, today, do work. Do your business in each life this day. And we pray these things with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for watching. And thank you for being with us today. And uh, join us next week. We pray that God would bless you this week. He is a God that wants to bless and he will bless. Open your heart to him. And know that he is uh, there with you always. Amen. Thank you.